Hey guys, welcome to Politically Provoked, an interactive podcast where we host debates, panels, and interviews. If this is your first time joining us, don't forget to hit that subscribe button as well as the notification bell to keep up to date with all our future debates and panels. We are primarily on YouTube, but you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Discord, BitChute, TikTok, and Instagram. All the information is in the banner below. We also have a link tree you can find in the description, or you can just search Politically Provoked and we should pop right up. We are a neutral ground where people from across the political spectrum can either duke it out in a debate or just have a casual discussion in one of our panels. Either way, we try to represent both left and right wing views on every episode. So I am your host, Brittany, and this is my co-host, Todd. How are you? Doing great, Britt. How are you today? I'm doing good. Um, all right. So we have an interview for you guys. Uh, the purpose of our interviews is to bring people on who are interested in doing debates, find out where they stand on various issues, what they're the most interested in debating. And we use these to match them up with other debaters. So most of the time we do not do these live, but for content creators or maybe people who have uh, been on before, we are offering to do them live so that people in chat can also ask questions because our questions are pretty standard to um, they're really specifically designed just to set people up for um, debates. So this is a way for the audience to also get to know the people. All right, so we got an interview with Martinez Perspective. How are you? How are you guys doing today? Yeah, good? good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you want to introduce yourself, tell people where you lie on the political spectrum, and maybe where people can find you. Yeah, so um, my name's Brandon Martinez, also known as Martinez Perspective. I've been active in the alternative media for about 10 years now, since 2009. Um, I started my first website. Uh, I used to make YouTube videos kind of going over a lot of the controversial topics like historical revisionism related to World War II, the JQ, race realism, all those kind of controversial topics are pretty much my bread and butter. And um, I've been censored from pretty much all social media websites. And so I only have Telegram, Gab, and uh BitChute, but even on BitChute and Telegram, I've been partially censored there. So I guess you can tell the kind of content that I put out is not exactly um, friendly for these platforms. But the past four years, I've been focused entirely on just pro-white material because I believe the most important issue today is this anti-white agenda that's going on, uh, this great replacement that you can see happening around the Western world. And so I think this is the most important issue that we need to focus on. And I've been doing that through these um, Omegle videos. I don't know if you've seen them, but I, I do these confrontations with leftists and SJW types on Omegle and I record those. And uh, those videos have gone pretty viral recently. So I do that and I also do a live stream two or three times a week kind of doing uh, news commentary analysis. Um, I also have a book called Grand Deceptions, which was published in 2014. Mm, okay. Busy. Busy. Oh, shit. Is my internet acting up right now? No, you sound good. Yes. Okay. All right. Sound good to me. Giving me the little symbol. All right. Um, so one thing, I'm guessing I probably don't even have to ask this question, but what we're doing for people that are doing debates for us um, is we're labeling whether they're okay with blood sports or not. I'm assuming you are. <laughs> Yeah, what what does that entail? Just uh, like blood sports hardcore. is just yeah, a little bit more uh, uh, confrontational. I mean, little, a little bit like no no rules. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> a little bit gloves off. <laughs> but um, yeah, we don't yeah. always have that. It just sometimes they can lead to that, and so we just want to ma make sure we're not matching people up with people that 
don't want blood sports. Um, yeah, that's basically what I do on Omegle. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so you said that the topics that you are the most interested in are, um, you said J JQ, uh, race realism. What was the other ones? Um, the great replacements are like immigration, um, any of the social issues, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm like anti-feminist. I'm, I'm a traditionalist. So, um, all those SJW type issues. Can, can you tell people what the great replacement is? Great replacement is effectively, um, this policy of replacing white people with, with non-white immigrants. And you can see this happening throughout most of Western Europe, Canada, America, and Australia. You look at the big cities, and they're either majority non-white already or will become that soon. The census just came out in the U.S. that the country is only 58% white. It used to be 90% white. And they just continuously, continuously flood the country with um, immigrants who are of non-European origin. And so what you see happening is effectively a replacement, a substitute of the native population with foreign people. And this is a deliberate plan. People like Joe Biden have said this is a good thing. He said a few years ago that there's going to be an unrelenting stream of immigration and this is good and people of European descent will be a minority and how this is a good thing, he said. So all these politicians seem to be getting behind this uh, agenda and anyone who speaks out against it is effectively canceled in the public sphere, um, fired from their jobs, you know, smeared, um, you know, get their bank account seized, you know, I've had everything, all of my social media immediately gets shut down. I've been fired from my job because of my content. So any any pushback against this is ruthlessly suppressed, whereas at the same time, you see them promoting things like Black Lives Matter and all these minority groups are collectivizing and forming united blocks effectively against white people, right? Their main objective is to excoriate whites and say how white people are oppressing them and this is all being supported by the elites the establishment these globalists who who are um encouraging these minority groups to do this while at the same time discouraging and um, demonizing whites who are just playing the same game effectively saying well if these minorities are going to organize politically on their racial um uh interests then why can't white people do it but it's only whites that can't do it you can you can tell, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure how familiar you are with our show. Have you heard about Little Timmy? No. No. Oh, well, Little Timmy is uh, it's basically kind of what you just talked about, and uh, one of our debaters put up this scenario where basically Little Timmy is you know going to be in a classroom where now we when white people are the minority and basically it's just after all basically all the things you just said you know with all the anti-white rhetoric with um you know our history and everything that white people are not going to get the same uh the same sympathy that minorities currently have so we basically labeled him little timmy um and uh i'll have to see some yeah. of the debates but um yeah no so Let's see here. I'm going to go through some of these things. Um, as far as, okay, so I don't know if I should 
ask, but for, me talk for the audience, we are going to actually be having some of our more controversial debates on our Trovo and our DLive, which we haven't started streaming to them yet, but we do have some debates that we are going to be planning for those. So make sure you guys go follow that because we're going to try to protect the YouTube page. Um, but yeah, so as far as uh, you, you're a race realist, can you maybe explain to people what a race realism is? Well, it's just the acceptance that there are differences between the races, and some of those differences happen to advantage one group over another. And what's interesting about our modern discourse is that if you notice race differences um, about, for example, black people, that how blacks tend to win these short-distance sprinting races consistently, and they beat all the other groups and how blacks, for example, dominate, you know, athletics, they dominate the NBA and they dominate the NFL. I think it's over 70% African-American. And if you point this out and say, look, blacks tend to dominate these athletic competitions. Why do you think that is? And people say, oh, it's just because they're genetically superior, mm -hmm. right? Most people will say that. They'll be like, well, maybe they have a genetic advantage. And it's probably true, right? It has something to do with, you know, their, their bone structure and their muscle structure and their Apparently they have more fast twitch muscles and stuff like this. And, you know, whites tend to have an advantage in swimming competitions because of the bone density. So those differences end up creating disparities. But what you notice uh, is that if you say anything positive about white people, they will call you a racist and a white supremacist. So there's a total double standard where you can acknowledge positive attributes about Africans or other groups like Asians are smart, for example. But if you say white people have ha higher average IQs than other groups other than Asians, they call you a white supremacist. So you're, you're, you're not allowed to recognize any kind of superiority that might be inherent with whites. Or if you just recognize that, for example, white countries tend to be some of the best countries in the world and the best countries ever, ever created. And, and all of these people from the third world wish to get into these countries because they think that they're better and they think that we're better. And so that's why they want to live with us. But clearly there is a, an intelligence difference. And you can see the, 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 the racial disparity shows up when it comes to things like test, standardized tests and performance academically. Whites tend to outperform uh, Africans and, and other groups other than Asians. And so if you, if you just point this out to people, you know, they go nuts and you know, they say, oh, you're, you're, uh, you're a genocidal maniac. You just want to oppress black people and so forth. So race realism is simply accepting that there are differences, accepting that white people maybe are advantaged in some ways over other groups and, and, and just, you know, advocating for self-interest in, in that respect. But not a lot of people are willing to have that conversation these days. Okay. Um, I think you might have touched on this, but what do you think the number one threat facing America is? <clears throat> it's groups like Black Lives Matter. It's these globalists who are flooding the country with unlimited refugees and, and immigrants. Um, it's this extreme social liberalism that's promoting things like LGBT and tra tranny drag queen story hour and stuff like that. That's precipitated this this moral decay in the country all of those things <clears throat> okay um and where do you get your news from sorry 
Where do you get your news from? Uh, my news, I get it um, mostly on Telegram. I, I just subscribe to different channels on Telegram and look at the different links there. Okay. Um, well, and you also see, I'm going through some of our questions that we have in general. And for those watching, if you guys have any questions, just tag politically provoked and we will um, pull them up as they go. But um, you kind of, yeah, you've, I think you touched on your experience with social media, but do you think social media has had a more positive effect on the world or negative? Um, you know, it's, it's both positive and negative. Um, you know, you're able to get your message out a lot better with social media now, but the, the fact is that it's just totally and utterly censored. And so it's not a fair, it's not a level playing field. It's not a public space really for, for ideas because it's controlled by these extremist globalist types and social liberals who just want to silence anyone that disagrees with them. And so it's right now it's having more of a negative impact because it's a total echo chamber for the left. Right. Yeah. We've been dealing with uh, some of that kind of censoring ourselves with our discord being shut down repeatedly by people who not are not happy with the people we platform, but, um, we're fighting through it. Yeah, I've been I've been kicked off of everything. I I, I I'm just the, the only sites I can be on are Telegram, but they just set they just um, put a block on my channel. So if you have an iPhone, you can't see my channel now. Yeah, or um, iPad. Bit, yeah, <laughs> they've to, it's just totally blocked. I lost like three. I had twenty three thousand subs. It dropped like three thousand because people think I've been banned. Um, Bitshoot. I thought that was a good site for free speech, but they blocked my entire channel in the European Union. So you have to use a VPN to to watch my videos. And even even though you have to use a VPN, I still get between two and five thousand hits per video. So mm -hmm. wow, yeah, it's been coming hard. I mean, I think in these kind of scenarios, like it's exactly what you would want is the two sides to be able to have these discussions, um, but. I guess that's just not going to be good enough for people. That's not allowed. Mm -mm. Um, all right. So I want to go into a couple social issues, but just before I do it, um, probably don't say the T slur. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. um, I'll avoid right. the slurs. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks. Um, all right. As far as I'm going to know a lot of these answers already, but I guess just humor me. So I'm guessing you are not in favor of gay marriage. No. Okay. And do you think that being homosexual or transgender is in any way a choice? Um, yeah, for, for many people it is. I think um, they've just promoted that lifestyle through the media and popularized it. And so you have, I mean, I go on this site, Omegle, and there's a lot of young people on this site. And there's people like 14 years old saying that they're trans transgenders or bisexual. And there's no way. I mean, there's no, when I grew up, people were not identifying with that stuff. So young like that, it has to be just an influence on their culture coming from the top down. And so to some extent, I mean, I don't, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know if homosexuality is genetic or not, but it certainly is a choice for some people. Um, and we have a question from Glory who says, do you think there is any possible way that a multiracial America can work? If yes, then what can make it work best? Um, depends what you mean by work, but no, I don't, I don't think a multicultural or multiracial society will work very well. It will just be kind of a battleground between 
the different ethnic groups, which is what you're seeing today. Um, Black Lives Matter is a, a manifestation of that ethnic conflict, ethnic struggle between the groups. Blacks tend to believe that uh, well, they believe in collectivism. They believe that they have kind of um, universal interests for their group, and they seek to fight politically for those interests. Uh, and the other groups do the same, you know. Jews, Jews have a strong ethnic lobby, and they even lobby for Israel, which is a foreign state. Um, so you're going to see more fracturing of the country as it becomes more multiracial, multicultural. And you're seeing even the minority groups are not getting along. You're seeing all this anti-Asian attacks, largely by blacks. Um, you're seeing inter-ethnic inter conflicts between uh, mestizos and, and, and blacks in Los Angeles, for example. So it's just going to fracture. It's just going to become another Brazil-type scenario, I think. Um, and, and white people are headed towards a South Africa type scenario where they're persecuted minority and have absolutely no political power or political rights. It just came out that Jennifer Rubin from the Washington Post tweeted out the thing about the census of whites being becoming a minority. And she says, now we just have to prevent whites from gaining power as a minority. So it's just like we're, we're, we're doomed no matter what, right? Um, all right. So Will says, asked Martinez, his thoughts on New Frontier and culture thugs, civ national fascism, and if he thinks it'll work. No, I think that's just another form of civic nationalism that they're promoting there. They're just trying to kind of deracialize um, fascism and make it some kind of civic um, race blind ideology. I, I don't think that will work. Um, civic nationalism it will be a failure. You're just going to see what we're seeing today. I mean, you could, you could have a country and all these different groups will identify with a flag, but that's not going to stop them from identifying as a race either. They will, they will pursue their interests as a race. So I, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. Okay, somebody else um, says, ask him about Matthew. I don't know what that means. Yeah, so. I don't know what that. <laughs> Yeah, weird questions. All right, so let me go into some of my other our other questions here. Um, again, I'm probably going to know the answer to these, but uh, do you think that trans women should be allowed to play in women's sports? No, they're they're not women. First of all, they're they're men larping as women, and and you notice that they're doing a lot of them are doing this just so they can become sports stars because they can't compete with other men, so they just larp as women, and then they win these competitions. I mean, have you seen, you saw the, uh, the, the female weightlift, the, the uh, male weightlifter that was pretending he was a woman. I mean, he just crushes the competition. So no. Um, Red Devil's Advocate says, would you rather the earth dies and humans survive or vice versa? Would you rather the earth dies and humans survive or vice versa? I don't know. That's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That like, these are some weird questions. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how that would work in general. Um, okay, so, do you think that? Um, do you think there's such thing as white privilege? No, it's it's the absolute opposite today. So if you're white, you're getting told that you um, get to the back of the line. Um, affirmative action is all about promoting racial minorities and women over white men. Um, there was some undercover footage from Facebook sh showing one of the Facebook people saying, if you're a white man, you can be just um, fired, 
without reason and there's no repercussions for that. There's no recourse for that. So it's, it's the opposite. All of the privilege is flowing towards the minorities, right? Biden and his, his administration, Trudeau in Canada, they're all about giving special treatment to blacks and to POCs and giving them all kinds of loans and debt, debt to forgiveness and stuff like that. So all the big corporations today do the same thing. They're, they're all saying they're going to hire more black people just because they're black and, and give them um, more opportunities for their race. So it's, it's, it's literally the opposite. It's black privilege. So would you suggest that, um, I mean, for these things that you've been mentioning, do you think like some kind of secession is the way to go about it? How would you, what would you yeah. your solution? Secession? Yeah, I, I think some kind of separation, secession, things towards that um, objective is really the only solution because it's unlikely that, I mean, I'm not American, but it's, it's unlikely that people of my persuasion could infiltrate the politics and take it, take it over somehow. Definitely not openly. So, um, and there'd be just hell of resistance to that. So I think some kind of segregation slash separation project would, would be more feasible than any of the other options. Okay. Um, I know you are an American too. That's um, interesting. Uh, so, what uh, what was your thoughts on the Me Too movement? Sorry, I muted myself there. Um, I think it's just a complete scam that's being used by these feminists to gain more power. Really, um, they they're always looking for ways to establish this kind of gynocentric society and they've already you know won all those political battles they have all the rights of men and and special privileges and now they're going for just total total control and so this me too thing is kind of an extortion racket yeah i'm sure some of these like hollywood moguls did behave like scumbags and stuff but you know and then a lot of these cases these women were actually willing to play along with these dirt bags and flirt with them i mean i've seen videos with weinstein where the girl was like legitimately flirting with the guy and letting him do these things so that she can get his money so i think it's it's a scam it's definitely part of this whole anti-male um feminist thing and it, it it's there's not much merit to it i mean in many western countries they have literal laws that um say that if a man hits a woman, it's gender violence, but when a woman hits a man, it's not gender violence, and they have special courts. For example, in Spain, they have special courts to judge gender violence only by men against women, never by women against men. And then the term gender violence is just a hoax because violence can happen for many, many reasons. The assumption there is that the only reason a man would hit a woman is because he hates women or something, which is ridiculous. So, so what we have today is basically a, fe a feminist dictatorship, and they're just looking for new ways to increase their power, and that's one of them. Are you um, somebody who's in favor of repealing the 19th? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really a fan of democracy in general. Um, I would probably be more authoritarian. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't allow women to vote. The thing the thing is with women when they vote, they tend to vote left, and the reason that is is because they have more empathy. Um, they're sort of driven more by emotional um, 
sensors in the brain. And so they have more empathy for people uh, like refugees and immigrants and stuff and homosexuals. They, they always sympathize with the underdog and uh, what they think is the underdog, except now white men are the underdog and they seem not to care about that. But um, yeah, I just think they're easily more easily manipulated by the media to endorse some of these evil agendas. And so I think we kind of have to take away some of their power and give it back to men. So would you say, um, you know, as far as like with race realism, that that could be applied to gender as well? Yeah, I think there's a gender realism also. I mean, men and women are different. Um, women are better at taking care of children, um, those kind of homely activities. They've developed um, evolutionarily to, to be that. Um, men are more, we have a more logical and mathematical brain and they've done studies that show that that women use um, a certain part of the brain more than men um, and I think that can easily be hijacked by the political forces to you know thrust these sick agendas on our society whether it's LGBT and stuff when you see like the drag queen story hour I just see a bunch of women there with their kids you know supporting that stuff so you know, I would I would be more patriarchal. I, I'm not I'm not like um, crazy. I'm not like for some kind of crazy you know, Islamic, uh, you know, put the burqa on them or something. But certainly less than what we have today, which is just total female control. Like if you could pick maybe one country currently in this um, in the world, which one do you would you want to gravitate towards? Uh, I think Hungary is is doing some good things. Um, they've, they've banned some of the LGBT stuff. Um, they don't really tolerate that. They've given loans to uh, families who have more children. Those are kind of policies I would implement myself. I would use the tax money to um, kind of subsidize uh, the birth rate, you know, increase the birth rate. Right now we have the lowest birth rate we've ever had in the history of the West, the highest divorce rate we've ever had in the history of the West, um, the most single people we've ever had. Uh, I saw a thing recently how women between the ages of 25 and 35, like they're, they're, all, they're all basically just chasing careers and are single and they don't want families. They're not interested in families and it's largely because of feminism. They've been pushed into the workforce. They've been convinced that's better than a family, that their freedom and their their hobbies and their pleasures are better than raising children. And so most women have been convinced of that. Who do you think is convincing them? Or how do you think they're being convinced? Do you think it's through social media or TV? It's it's all of those things. It's, it's social media. It's television. It's um the education system, a lot of these women go and get gender studies degrees. And these gender studies degrees is all about uh, attacking the so-called patriarchal system. We don't live in a patriarchy. It's the opposite. But they um, view motherhood and um, kind of homemaking as as slavery. That That's what they preach in those classes. They preach that that's slavery, that's, that's oppressive. And so those women come out of college with pink hair and blue hair and hair on their legs and, and all the rest of it. And they are very unlikely to form a family. Um, to Zink, I, I'm guessing you got here late, but we did ask him the Timmy question. So you'll have to rewind that and get that. All right. So from, oh, I just lost the question. 
where'd it go? I think I kind of remember it. It was Will. Will wanted to know. Oh, here it is. Um, Will uh, asked Martinez's thoughts on the America First movement and Nick Fuentes and why he thinks their strategy won't work in the long run. Yeah. So um, those people, basically, these groipers are closeted white nationalists. So I, I'm a open white nationalist. I, I just kind of give my opinions like I'm pretty straight about everything. The Groypers are trying to do this weird thing where they're hiding some of their beliefs or they're trying to um, convince people that they're not white nationalists. Like Fuentes has said that he's not a white nationalist, but he advocates for a white majority. He, he kind of says, I wish the country were white, but it's not. And I don't like that fact, but then he doesn't provide a solution to it, right? He doesn't like advocate deporting anyone or separatism. He doesn't advocate secession. I haven't heard him say anything like that. So he's kind of just lamenting the fact that, that whites are losing their grip on the country, but not proposing the solution um, for optical reasons. Um, so I think they're, they will fail. I mean, just the fact that he thought that being optical would um, give him a seat at the table has been proven wrong. He, he's been kicked off of all the platforms and had his bank account seized. And so I think that's proof enough that even if you're a closeted white nationalist, if you're even making noises in that direction, that the system will, will stop on your head. So, um, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, Gloria says, which country do you think will dominate the 21st century? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe China because they're, they're a growing economy. And um, they haven't been totally infected with like the, the left wing virus. So they will probably, as America becomes more uh, multiracial, it will, it will start to decline and fracture. And so it will probably lose its status as the leading power in the world. Um, but I don't think China is our friend or anything. China is basically our competitor and they're trying to, um, they're actually trying to aid and abet this kind of Western decline because they won't, they view us as a competitor group. And so they kind of play into some of these anti-white narratives. Um, for example, TikTok is a Chinese app and you'll get banned on there if you're a white nationalist, but if you're a crazy anti-white Marxist, you can be on there. So they kind of have an interest in, in whites declining. Okay. Um, Bako says, if uh, he's not American, why is he so invested in America? And why is he arguing for segregation? How does this benefit him or his people? Well, the question was about America. So that's why I mentioned America. But um, I advocate that for all Western countries, not just the US. So I would advocate the same policy for Canada, for European countries. Um, and why is it What's the other question? Um, how does it benefit him or his people? Well, it, be it it will benefit us because we're being we're being attacked from every direction in this multi in these multiracial societies. The government's anti-white. The media is anti-white. Academia is anti-white. We're being just openly assailed in the in the media and in, in public um, in the public domain. We have groups like BLM that are, are extremely hostile and, and, and 
going into white neighborhoods and harassing white people. So our lives are not going to be very pleasant under this current predicament. And so if we separate from these people and form our own communities, I think we will have a much better time than the time we're having now. Can you uh, maybe give some people uh, some examples of some of the anti-white rhetoric that is going around? Well, um, the me- the media is just chock full of, of anti-whiteism. You can just turn on CNN or go Washington Post, and they're celebrating the decline of the white ethnic group. Um, there was a compilation I put out recently. Um, someone sent it to me on, on Telegram, and it just had clips of news anchors like uh, Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon saying how white men are, are uh, a terror threat. You had Elon Omar, the... Um, congresswoman who says we, we need to profile white men as a terror threat. <clears throat> you had um, uh, Anderson Cooper say that white people becoming a minority is a great transformation and an exciting thing. Um, you've had, I mean, there's so many headlines. I, I've seen compilations of headlines from left-wing outlets just, you know, uh, overtly stating that like white people are evil or white people are oppressive or there's too many too many white people in this industry. They said that about Hollywood recently. There's too many white actors. We need more POCs. Uh, the Congress is too white. We need more POCs. All of that stuff is very obvious. It's on the airwaves. Um, CNN is a is a big source of that. Um, Washington Post, all those outlets. Um, Alma says, if Europe was completely white, what you think about mixing with different ethnic groups, for example, Italians with Swedish. Yeah, I'm not against uh, mixing ethnic groups of Europeans. Like for example, I'm half Spaniard and half Czech myself. I'm born in Canada. So I'm not, I'm not that interested in, in this preservation of just one ethnic group. I don't have a problem with it. If people want to just stick within their own ethnic group, then fine. But I wouldn't be against um, the different white groups inter intermixing because that that's not miscegenation. Miscegenation is when you go outside of your your racial group between black, white, and Asian, for example. Okay, um, Will would like to know who it is you would want to debate most. I don't really have anyone in mind. Um, I'm open to anyone really, anyone that that that's up for it. Um, all right, so let me see if I, I'm going to just go through some of my lightning round. I'm going to hand it to Todd. Oh, wait, are you religious at all? No, I mean, I was raised Catholic. I'm kind of a cultural Christian. Um, people might think I'm a Christian because of my the social views that I have are similar to conservative Christians, but I'm, I'm pretty much not a believer. I'm, I'm agnostic. Um, actually, Red Devils Advocate says, uh, I enjoy your content all the time. Where do you get your ideas for your videos? Um, I don't really have I don't really have pre-planned ideas for the video. I kind of just go on. If he's talking about the Omegle stuff, I kind of just go on and, you know, do a little bit of trolling. Like 30, 30% or so of my content is, is comedic and, and, you know, just kind of, triggering the libs type stuff but then the other 70 percent is serious debates so okay. um all right and so 
Okay, I guess some of these, a lot of these are designed towards American, but um, do you think uh, climate change is man-made or a hoax? Well, I think that climate change happens naturally. Um, over history, the climate has changed a lot. You've had ice ages, um, you've had natural disasters, all of those things are Are normal and I don't really think it's entirely man-made there, there there might like pollution is certainly man-made and that has an impact on the environment and I'm against pollution I'm again I'm, I'm for taking care of our environment um, but this kind of climate alarmism is just being hijacked and weaponized by these globalists elites to take away our freedoms and like Bill Gates is pushing this thing that we should be eating bugs and getting away from meat and eating artificial meat. Like they, they're just, they, they want to depopulate the planet and they want to just socially engineer everybody. So I oppose all that crazy stuff. Okay. And um, are you, okay. So are you in favor, are you more economically liberal? Um, I'm, I believe in a mixed economy. So if people, they can go to my site um, and I have a manifesto on there where I talk about, briefly the the different things mm -hmm. so i would i would support like a, a free market that that is regulated more heavily at the top of it i think the lower end of the economy is is fine you don't need to regulate it too much too much red tape is not is not good for small businesses or medium businesses big businesses and banks need more regulation because they can you know do they can manipulate things and they can do things that are unethical so I would regulate those stronger, stronger in the national interest. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would probably lean a bit, I'm like center right on, on economics. Okay. Um, are you in favor of the death penalty? Um, yeah, in certain cases. What about um, banning porn? Yeah, I would definitely ban porn, and yeah, I would, I would make it illegal to produce or uh, distribute porn. And um, what about the legalization of drugs? Are you in favor of legalizing marijuana? Well, I'm not really sold on that. You know, I, I would probably ban the hard drugs, and um, you know, I've even flirted with the idea of banning alcohol. To be honest, so. Really? Yeah, because I, I just think alcohol has contributed to the degeneracy because all of these young people just get drunk and have casual sex and stuff. And this is largely due to alcohol and, and nightclubs and stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty traditionalist on that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to hear out different arguments on that. I'm not totally convinced one way or the other, but I, I would certainly ban like hard drugs. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, Todd, you want to ask some of your questions? Yeah, I got it. Um, I actually have one question from Bill Cooper. Um, says, if Martinez is for succession or separation, will you be living in Hispanic or the white section? And I noticed this with UN Gypsy on Telegram. It's kind of like, I don't think that the, the, the white, white nationals, I don't think you're white enough for them with that Hispanic thing. So I, I guess it's a serious question, but that's so a question I would wonder about. Go ahead. Yeah, so Hispanic, so th this is a, a confusing point for people who really just don't understand geography. So Hispanic is not a race. So Americans 
tend to think it is because these mestizo people from South and Central America are called Hispanic. Hispanic is simply a linguistic category. So if you're from Spain, you technically are Hispanic, but you are white. I mean, Spaniards are white, Italians are white, Greeks are white. So no, the, the Hispanic thing, a lot of these Latinos try to hijack Spanish identity by calling themselves Spanish when really they're probably less than 50% Spanish genetically. So no, I wouldn't be with the mestizos. I would be on the white side. But th those, those white nationalists that, that say that either don't understand that or they're just Nordicists. They're like a, a breed of white nationalists that seeks to like divide up the white people amongst Nords and Meds and Slavs and say that, oh, only the, the Nords are white or something, which is dumb. Um, every European is white. They, they, these, these people tend to think of, of, the, of race as skin color. That's not what race is, right? So you can have an Italian that has olive skin that's darker, is 100% European, and you can have a mulatto person who's half black who has blue eyes that he inherited from, from the white side. So people don't, people really don't get it. I mean, you, you can have light-skinned Asian people, right? They're not white. White simply means European descent, right? Yeah, I got you. Um, number so I'm going to start with my questions now. I normally ask globalism or nationalism. I know you're not for globalism, so tell me what your breed of nationalism looks like, and explain the ethno state. Like in America, what happens to the blacks? Like, are we we just going to separate? We're going to pick where we can stay, and the whites stay in their section. How would that work, or work in whatever country you're in? Yeah, so I would be for. Um... In the U.S., I would be forgiving blacks their own piece of America. And so you just have to divide the different states up how you wish to divide them, come to some kind of agreement and give blacks a certain territory where they can all go and live. Um, and the whites would have to go to, to their territory as well. Um, but obviously this would require some kind of uh, political uh, agreement between, between the groups. So I don't know how, how feasible that is, but um, what I advocate is that whites kind of just form implicit enclaves, you know, moving to the whitest area of the country. So some people already do that. They go to like um, like places like Maine and, and some of the states that are like 96 plus percent white. And some of them are just kind of going there and, and setting up base there and hoping to make that and pull that into uh a secession type movement. So, so yeah, I mean, look, all of these things are difficult uh, questions because I, you know, you, you need a, you need a magic wand to make it all happen. But, you know, I, I could just state, you know, basically logistically how it would work. Um, certainly people would have to be moved and, and deported and stuff like that. Okay. Oh, who's getting deported? The, uh, the illegals or are we, who's getting deported? Well, I would separate it based on race. So I would, I would send all of the um, non-European people to one one part of the country. Oh, okay, yeah. Sep okay, yeah, no problem. All right, number two is about free speech, and and I did stumble upon you on Telegram. I can't access it anymore because they got you blocked. But um, and I think you do a little bit more than thirty percent troll, and the Omega stuff is genuinely funny. Um, what's your position on free speech? Are you a free speech absolutist? Um, 
And how is that working yeah. in your country? Yeah, the thing with free speech is that, um, you know, even even a lot of these uh, white nationalists who who say that they believe in free speech probably don't, right? Because they would silence, you know, transsexuals and, and LGBT and and those types of people from having having a voice. So you see the battleground, the battle lines today is the, the radical left trying to silence the radical right and and largely being successful in doing that. But obviously if the radical right gained power, they would have to censor the radical left. Um, it's just how it works. Like in Franco Spain, you know, he's he shut up all the the commies and stuff, right? He locked them up and stuff like that. The problem I see is if you you have an authoritarian state and you're ruling over a big population, a large population, it's impossible to not have some kind of turmoil. Like there's always going to be people that are discontented with what you're doing. So I kind of advocate for a smaller state. I would prefer a smaller state. Um, as opposed to some ma ruling over some massive, massive territory and population of people. And the white people who don't agree with us, well, they can go to some other place. You know, they can go live in some multicultural states. Like, why does every country in the world have to be one model? Why can't we? There can be a multicultural, multiracial melting pot country somewhere in the world. There's space for it. And those kind of liberal people and left-wing people, they can go there. Why can't we also have like a white homeland? like a, a safe space for white people somewhere, right? So as far as free speech, yeah, I would probably suppress, um, you know, anti-white rhetoric and Marxist rhetoric and degenerate stuff. You know, I, I'm not a free speech absolutist. Okay. Uh, number, oh, actually, I got to press. Uh, who are your top three Telegram channels? Well, let me pull it up. Um, let's see here. I like a channel called, um, let's see, Defend Europa News. That, that's a good one where I get news. Also, The War on Whites is a really good channel. And Thule Tide is also good. All right. Um, I don't know if you want to answer this one. Number three is about guns. Um, what's your position on guns? And I don't even know if you can have them in whatever country you're in. So what's your stance on guns? If you want to answer that. Yeah, I'm for gun ownership. I'm for um, legal gun ownership. Um, I'd have to look at some of the restrictions that are currently put on, on guns, maybe allowing people to have like, you know, grenades and stuff like that is not good. But, uh, yeah, I would be for a real reasonable gun ownership. All right. Number four is pro-life or pro-choice. And when do you feel life begins? Um, pro-life except for certain cases. So in the, if, the, if the woman is, like, legitimately raped and impregnated – illegitimately like that, then I would, I would allow it. Or in the case of like a medical emergency, um, where there's a high risk of serious problems and I would allow it in that case. Um, life begins, uh, I guess at, um, when the egg is, is fertilized. I mean, I'm, I'm not too, I'm not too hardcore into the moral stuff on that question, but my, my position on it would just be centered 
on the idea that we need to have higher birth rates. And if we allow abortions, then those birth rates will, will inevitably plummet because these women will just do birth control via abortion or the other forms of birth control. And so in order to raise the birth rates, probably best to make abortion uh, unaccessible. Right. And then um, the last one is immigration. Uh, I think the uh, the Supreme Court just said that the Remain in Mexico plan has to be re-implemented. And uh, nobody's made their way down there like AOC going in front of that empty uh, parking lot last year. So what is in Martinez world? What does immigration look like? Well, immigration would only be for um, I'm not against immigration from white European countries. And so. If the immigration is from a white European country, I would allow it. Um, that's not to say I want half of, you know, Russia moving into Sweden or half of England moving into, you know, Spain or something. But reasonable immigration from European countries, I think, would be would be fine. I just would I would just block immigration from the third world, non-European countries. All right. Well. Uh... Thank you very much. I don't think I have anything else. I'm going to pass it back to Brittany and look forward to uh, hearing from you in the future. Hey, um, we had a couple other questions from One Eye Moon said, uh, did you watch the Michael Jones versus Jared Taylor debate and whose argument do you favor? I saw that I did a, a stream analyzing that debate. Um, I favor Jared Taylor strongly in that debate. I think he, he clearly won the debate e. michael jones is playing word games about what white is he was trying to say like oh what white you know wasn't used before this particular date and so therefore it doesn't exist which is which is silly i mean just because the word isn't used doesn't mean that group doesn't exist white simply means of european descent so it's not just skin color it's origin it's like genetic origin and so the term white became popularized in North America because different European groups kind of mixed together. And so instead of just saying what your ethnicity is every time, people just started saying white because it was easier, right? So it's a more broader category for European. Instead of saying the ethnicity every time, they just say white. It's like saying black, right? There's different types of blacks. There's different African ethnicities, but in America, they just identify as black because they largely have, you know, lost touch with those ethnicities and those cultures, right? So it's the same with the same with whites. And, and e. e. Michael Jones was very slippery. He kind of got off topic from the debate. He didn't refute the genetic reality. I mean, you can get a DNA test and it'll tell you exactly what part of the world you're from. So how can race not be real? It, it, it is a, it is clearly real. If if there was, if it wasn't real, then you wouldn't be able to get a DNA test, and it wouldn't be able to tell you where you're from, right? Would wouldn't it just identify you as some generic thing? Why why would it be able to pinpoint where you're from if it's not real, right? Okay, so, um, all right, Martinez, what are your thoughts on corporatism and syndicalism? Yeah, th those that's like a Mussolini's um, economic philosophy. Basically, those are just like trade unions. Um, they, they wanted to organize the economy based on having trade unions kind of govern over 
the particular sectors of the economy. And the, the economy back in the 30s was a lot more simple than it is today. I mean, there's so many more aspects to the economy, so many more like um, types of jobs. Back then, everybody basically just worked in a factory or was like a laborer and stuff. So it would be a lot simpler to organize an economy like that back then. It wouldn't be as simple today. Um, there's some concepts in there I would agree with, but I think it's a little too planned for my taste. Like the 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 corporatism is very very much central planning, which is very diff difficult to distinguish from communism itself. So if you ask them what's you know what's the difference between this and communism, they'll have a very hard time explaining the difference. If it's just central planning, meaning the government governs every aspect of the economy or the government itself owns um, the economy and, and nationalizes everything, that's communism, right? And uh, Mussolini was a bit too um, communistic in that sense. He, I think he nationalized like 75% of the economy. And usually when that happens, you see things like um, when, when, they, when they try to collectivize everything, you end up uh, basically having things like famines, like you saw in China and the Soviet Union. Um, they, they, they crush any kind of entrepreneurs developing new products because all you have is just the state, you know, dictating the entire economy. And so if, if somebody has a good idea and wants to start a business, well, he can't because the state will get in his way. Only the state, only the bureaucrats can establish new businesses that are state-owned. So yeah, I would be a little bit less uh, central planning than than the corporate corporatism of Mussolini. Okay. Um, and as I said, um, ask Martinez, what person in history he admires the most? I really like Franco. I have Spanish background, so I really like kind of Franco. His like epic victory over the forces of the left, the the anarchists and the communists. Um, a lot of good policies under Franco. He was a very reasonable guy, and he established a pretty staunch nationalist government in Spain for 40 years, and now Spain has deteriorated into a leftist Marxist hellhole. Uh, pretty much everything Franco did has been completely reversed by the people there, um, and so he was a great military leader. He was a great general. He, he fought a, a, an incredible civil war he had some amazing victories so i admire him i also like george lincoln rockwell in the united states i think he was a really good nationalist figure um, and i probably owe him a lot of what i believe today to rockwell I, he was some he, so his works were some of the first that i read when i was like 19 when i woke up to this stuff so okay. um and norbert says should europe return to monarchy Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't return it to monarchy because these monarchs are unreliable. Um, a lot of them have just acquiesced to globalism and they're promoting all the shit liberty and stuff. So I don't trust monarchs. Uh, you need like a political um, movement and and you know a vanguard of people that know what they're doing to run the state, and not not some king who's just kind of living a life of opulence. Um, one four two three five says, "What books do you recommend to read?" Um, some of my favorite 
books are from Kevin McDonald. He's got a whole section of books on uh, the, the JQ, culture, to, culture of Critique is the main one. George Lincoln Rockwell's books are good. David Duke's books are good. Jared Taylor's books are good. Um, yeah, and a lot of history books. There's the, the, the book that I found really um, red-pilling was called The Controversy of Zion by Douglas Reed. Also a book called Under the Sign of the Scorpion by Yuri Alina about communism is, is great. Okay. Um, all right. So I think that's about it. If we didn't, uh, if there's anything you wanted to touch on that we didn't, uh, the floor is yours. No, I appreciate you having me on. I've heard a lot of good things about your, your channel and appreciate that you respect freedom of speech. Well, yeah, thank you for coming on and um, we'll be in touch on setting up some of those debates. And again, we have our pop on panels on every Saturday. So you're always more than welcome to come on to that. But um, other than that, yeah, if anybody's interested in debating Martinez on all this fun stuff, let us know so we can set that up. Um, and that I think is about all. So good night, guys. <laughs>